Welcome in to the Long Shot Podcast. I know it's been a while. I am your host, Mark. Oh, boys. Uh, We've got a lot to talk about. Uh, We've got a lot of information, a lot of uh, looking forward to do, because looking back, man, this has been a rough season. Um, We just got finished with the trade deadline, which, of course, everyone knows the Hornets didn't didn't really do anything. Um, I was hopeful that they would be able to find some way to get something back for some of those... uh, uh, expiring contracts, but it just doesn't look like the deals were out there. Um, with I think with especially with the way that the deals went, where it kind of took a long time to get going, and then everyone was in scramble mode. I think um, teams played it more cautiously because they didn't want to make a mistake, especially the the teams that could use guys like Marvin. Um, they're usually in contention, and they don't want to make a bad choice um, when they probably had a feeling they could get him for you know get him off of the, the buyout market. So I can't really fault the Hornets for not getting that getting anything done there. Um, they're buying guys out, which is good because it gets them gets them off the roster, so we can play younger guys and and uh, they get a chance to go play somewhere where they can actually win. Um, but there have been, you know, there there is some there's some positive things to look forward to. Miles Bridges has really been on a really good streak of late. The last six games, he's averaging like 21 points a game, shooting the ball pretty well, um, being more active. Um, I think something that we really needed to we really need to look at is one of one of the things that I think Borrego has failed at this year is they are playing so slow. Uh, they are they are league last in pace. And with a young team of guys that you're and you're playing undersized, that just doesn't work. We don't have the guys that can break down a defense, get to a spot and put up shots uh, like we used to. So you have to get guys in transition. You have to get you have to get your offense started as quickly as possible before the defense has a chance to get set. Or you're going to see what we've been seeing is the team just struggling to find a way to get the ball in the basket. And you can't go these long stretches of time in the NBA and not score and expect to have any chance to win, especially against better teams. Um, it's funny because that's one of the like the differences between the the um the wizards who are they play the worst defense i've ever seen but they're still winning games because they can outshoot teams um we're not good at either so that that getting easy buckets and i know that it means that there's more turnovers but we turn the ball ball over at a fair rate anyway so at least if you're getting more opportunities and more chances and easier opportunities that's what we need to see, and I really hope in these last 30 games that Borrego puts his foot down and these guys start putting their foot down because that's the way they're going to start to see a little bit more you know, easier shots and maybe get a little bit of confidence back for guys like um, Bacon or, uh, or Devontae who, who 
was hot, cooled off. Now has started to come back. But a lot of his shots when he was hot were because they were coming in transition, and it was a kick out because the, the defense had collapsed to try and catch up. If he's getting double teamed or getting everyone shading him, no wonder he's having a hard time getting the ball in through the hoop. You know, he's six foot tall and guys are keying on him. It's the same thing we saw with Kemba. Um, so there are some positives to this last 30 games of what we can look for. Uh, been really impressed with Cody Martin. Uh, he has become one of those guys that you think, huh, he might be better than anyone anticipated. He's definitely better than I anticipated. I didn't have real high hopes for him. Um, but his, because of the way his offense looked when he first, he looked scared. He looked like he was, you know, a 10 year old playing in rec league against, you know, 20 year olds. But now that he's, he seems to have found his way a little bit. Now he looks like an NBA player. So that's a good, that's a good sign. Malik Monk has done some good things lately to the point where I think you got to at least, you got to give him 25 minutes for the rest of these games and just see, see if the guy can keep it up. He's going to be inconsistent. They're all going to be in, in, inconsistent because they're in roles that they're not used to. Um, but it's time for, you know, it's sink or swim time for some of these guys to see if if they can be a quality part of a NBA rotation. Because if they can't, it's time. we got to move on. That's This year cannot be wasted. It can't be wasted. It has to be a learning curve that we use to see which players are going to go where and if they're going to be part of the future. Uh, uh, with the decision to go all youth, which I'm all in for, the Hornets are going to lose a shitload of games. Uh, and that's fine because it's helping our draft stock, and especially with teams like the Hawks and Cleveland adding talent for some reason. Uh, they're going to start sliding up the, the, the standings, and we should keep continuing to fall. The problem is, is you, don't want, you don't want guys getting frustrated. You don't want guys starting to infight because of the losing, because it is hard to lose all the time. Uh, so that is something that Borrego is going to have to keep in check or figure out a way to keep these guys, you know, set small goals that do- doesn't necessarily mean winning, but, you know, goals to have, you know, shoot 45% from the field or something like that, where they can take positives away from games that don't necessarily rely on the final score. Oh, those are, that's going to be a key is to keeping guys motivated, um, and keeping them focused without just mailing it in. Because if this team can't afford to mail it in, because we got to know what these players can do. Um, I do have some concerns with Borrego as a coach. I'm not sold on him. Uh, This weird rotational thing he does, and this thing where guys get hurt and they lose their spots or they lose their time, I'm not a fan of that. I don't I don't think that's the way you do this. I don't think that's the way you should do it. Um, but as of right now, he's the guy. Uh, I don't believe that he will be the coach of the Hornets in two years. I don't I don't know that he'll he might get through he'll get through this year, but I don't know that he's going to be the guy after next year. I think he's a placekeeper 
for us to turn over this roster and to get young guys in place and get some talent in place. And then once we do that, we'll bring in a coach that, that is a little bit more established and has a little bit more of a vision and a plan. Um, everything that Borrego has said or had said in the offseason, he has not done. He, we talked about the, the pace. He talked about how we wanted this to be a fast team and move and get out. And they are going the opposite way. They're actually playing slower and slower and slower as the season goes on. Um, and I understand that guys like Terry Rozier are not pace guys because he likes to dribble too much. But when you have those bench guys out there, you should be moving. You should be running. Um, that was one thing that he you know, has not shown an ability to to scheme for um, and his, you know, they talked about defense and I know they don't have a lot of players that are, that are defensive minded. I get that, but they're not anywhere near where they need to be scheme wise. It's almost as if they try the switchy defense and then that didn't work, but sometimes they still do it depending on who's on the court. And this is where you get guys confused. This is how you get guys lost is because they're still trying to make reads depending on who's on the floor with them and what, what, what their responsibilities are. And then you get guys that are just lost. And that's hard to do when you have all young guys playing. you got to either play man up and go and go through fight through screens or do that, or you got to switch. And you can't do it both ways because guys, guys don't play together enough to know which guys are going to hedge through the hedge through the, the the screens, which guys are capable of getting through the screens, or which guys you got to switch, and that's part of what we're seeing is that I'm afraid that the the defensive scheme is it's too confusing for a young team, and it's actually making everybody look bad. Um, I have been excited to see. Uh, P.J. Washington continuing to play well. Um, he, I, I have some concerns with him going forward as he's not a great rebounder, and he is he's a little, um, a little slow to react defensively. But I mean, he's young, so hopefully that will, that will change. But he doesn't seem to be a great rebounder, which makes me fearful because then if he can't play any five, then what do you do with Miles? Because Miles and him are struggling to find a way to be, to coincide offensively. Defensively, I think they could work it out, but offensively, it seems like it's a my turn, your turn type thing, and I don't think that's going to work. You've got to be able to have him play inside out, and they both are so similar that they kind of, they kind of cancel each other out. So hopefully they can figure out a way to get him more aggressive inside and Miles, you know, they, they could be a good pairing if they learn to work together in that if you get the switch, you know, you find the guy in the post. If you get the switch and it's a mismatch the other way, you get the guy, the ball out of the wing. Um, those are all things that, that there's plenty of time for them to work that out. But I am a little concerned with his rebounding. Uh Currently in the tanking, I don't like to call it tanking, but that's what we're doing. But it, we're playing the young guys. You know, records be damned. But we're currently fourth. We've fallen down to the fourth best odds of 
the uh, the uh, lottery. So we're we're trending the right direction. Um, our whole goal now it needs to be finding the best pick at that pick, and we cannot miss. There is no no if ands or buts. We cannot do an MKG. We cannot we cannot make the wrong pick and have the next guy that goes after our guy be the be you know become the better player. This is this is everything. Basically, this rebuild is if they they miss on this high pick, it's going to set them back two years, not one year, because that's just the way things work. If you make a mistake in, in the top four. It's gonna cost you dearly. So whatever their plan is, whatever their goal is, in what they're looking for, they better be damn sure that they know the guy that they're picking. Um, they've done well in the draft so far, but they've also played it very safe with their picks. Uh, in the top three, you can't always play it safe because you might have that that guy that turns into a star out there, but it might not look like the right pick or it might not look, the optics may look like you're reaching or something like that. And you have to be steadfast and know what you are doing is what you is, what is part of your plan and be ready for that to be the pick you make and know you can't, you know, you can't get soft at the end. You can't, you can't be worried about it. You have to know and be in decide that that's your guy. Um, so that'll be a different situation because, you know, drafting in the, you know, nine, 10, 11, you're looking for the best player who you think can, can perform on your team. If you're in the top three, you're looking for a guy to change your franchise and who knows there may not be that guy, but if you are up there, you got to, you got to make the best choice you can, and you can't miss and have guys behind you that turn into all-stars and your guy becomes a role player or ends up not being anything. So there are they're going to have an opportunity to get better in the draft. They have the, the Cleveland second-round pick, which will be a good pick. So they have a chance to go two for again and, and bring in some more talent to this roster and, and go from there. Um, and then of course, Batum drops off after next year, Cody drops off after next year, and then you're really able to do some things. I think that's part of the reason they didn't, uh, make a deal to take on money. One, there's not a lot of teams that are looking to save money for this next season because there's not very many good free agents, but the following season, we're going to have, you know, 15, 18 million dollars of free cap space after we sign our picks to be able to use that in a trade or maybe to move a Cody, maybe to move, you know, someone like that where we can take on salary, take on a bad contract and get that first round pick that we need. So that's something that for next year, I think that's what they, I think they decided that the value is going to be better next year than it is this year. So that's the way they went. Um, I am really hoping that Devonte. We they, The Hornets need to make a decision, and I know this seems weird, but the Hornets need to... The whole starting two-point guards thing is not working anymore. Um, I would love for them to take a chance and put Rozier on the bench for 
five games and let Malik Monk start. Put, you know, change it up a little bit because we know what Rozier is. Rozier is what we've seen. He's a good shooter. He can't run an offense. Um, and he's too small to play the two going forward. Uh, Devon, if Devontae is going to be your guy, he's going to be your point guard, then you have to put him in the situation where he's got a guy, a shooting guard that is going to be capable of helping him out shooting wise, not worrying about the the ball. You know, he can let the point guard be the point guard. I used to, this used to drive me nuts when they did this with Kemba and Batum, because it would be like Batum, although he's a facilitator, he's not someone who you want starting the offense because he slows the offense down. He's the guy who does the the hockey assist type guy, where Kemba starts the action, or now uh, uh, Graham starts the action and then kicks it to him, and then he makes that next pass. It's not someone you want starting the offense because he doesn't really have a threat of breaking the defense down, and that's what Rozier does. Rozier dribbles in circles a lot, and all he does is waste a lot of time on the shot clock, and then it puts the pressure on the next guy and the guy after that to either shoot quickly or attack, and we don't get as good of a shot. You want him to be the pivot guy, where if he's not open, he shoots, and then if he's not if he's not open, if he's not able to shoot, he's able to make that next pass in the swing to create you know a mismatch or create you know find the open guy. But what we're doing is we're taking the ball out of Devonte's hand and letting Rozier start the action, and he doesn't start the offense until 12 seconds or 10 seconds to go. And if you watch, he ends up throwing a lot of grenades to guys because he's dribbled the clock away. And with the new 14-second clock off of offensive rebounds, you have to get in it right away. And they, they've been really struggling at that. And that's part of their pace numbers. Why their pace numbers are so slow is because they're, it's not like they're moving the ball looking for a great shot. They're dribbling the ball, and guys are standing around, and then they end up shooting uh, you know, shooting something up against the shot clock, which isn't a good shot anyway. Um, so I'd like to see them at least try and give Rozier a night off as a starter and let Monk try and start and see how he does against starters. This is all going to be trying to see what works. And if Rozier isn't going to play, isn't going to want to do that, then that might be something they have to look into in the offseason and into he's not the guy that they wanted him to be. And it's not like he's been terrible. And I'm not saying that because everybody thinks I'm a Terry hater. I just know that he's too small to start in the NBA as a shooting guard. He's not a good enough defender and he's not a, he's not a good enough. um, He doesn't swing the ball well enough. So if you are going to have him playing with Graham, it's not going to work. So unless you're going to put Graham on the bench and let Rozier start at the point guard, he put a, put another shooting guard in next to him, you're just spinning your wheels at that point. So it's going to be one of those things where maybe they, they probably won't do it this year. They probably won't want to piss him off. Um, but it'd be good for them to know going forward into this offseason if he's going to play ball and if he's willing to come off the bench or if he's willing to to change his game a little bit. Because if he's not, then this offseason is probably a good time to trade him. Um because there's going to be teams that, you know, the, the, the free agent market is going to be pretty thin. 
So there's going to be teams looking for a guy like Rozier who can score, who can, you know, play some positives on offense. Um, but he just isn't going to fit if Graham's going to be the guy. Uh, that's about all I got for now. Uh, we've got a game tonight. We'll see how that goes. Hopefully they can play well and then lose by two so that we keep, <laughs> we keep getting that better draft pick. But uh, I will talk to you later. Again, check me out at Hornet Sports Spot on Twitter. Uh, you can find me there, comment, chit-chat, you know, call me an idiot, which a lot of people like to do. Uh, and I will talk to you guys soon. Take care and go Bugs.